And we are rolling, fellas. What's going on? Session Convo, the Vegas Scoop NFL podcast, coming in live uh, in Vegas. It's OG Flowers. I got the lip service in here. I also got the scoop. We're giving you the scoop and the lip service, man. Uh, introduce yourself, fellas. How you doing? Doing well. Uh, excited for another week of NFL. Happy to be here on the show and uh, give you guys some winners. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, looks like um, you guys are, we are on week three, betting five a week. Uh, we're in uh, week four. Week we're, five. Week, week five? five All right, and you guys are betting five a week, correct? Yeah, five games a week in the Super Contest. Uh, Westgate runs it. $1,500 buy-in. First place is a, close to $1.8 million this year. They jumped it up to top 100 places get paid. So you pick five games a week against the spread, due by Saturday morning, and uh, at the end of the day, the cream rises. Now, like people like myself and others who are, have not been into this since week one, it's too late for us, or how does that work? Yeah, so you, uh, you register during the off-season. They have some couple specials. You register by a certain date and then uh, let it play out. Nice, nice. And uh, if you want to just give a quick recap of, every, of your both of you guys' record, uh, you said you're back uh, 500 right now, Scoop? Yeah, so got off to a rough start at week one, 0-5. Um, not how I drew it up. 2-3 and three the second week, and then back-to-back 4-1 weeks to get me to 500 and give myself a fighter's chance. Lip service, what's that record looking like? Been off to a good start. 13-6-1. Happy with that. Uh, started off 3-1-1, 3-2, 4-1, and 3-2. So we've had a winning week every single week, and we're looking to continue. Nice. Now, do you guys, uh, on, the, on those weeks when you guys had one, when you had that one loss, uh, you guys want to tell the folks who was that? What team was that? What game was that? 4-1. Um, and one. That was uh, that's a good question. That was week four. I thought I should have swept the board. Can't come up with the loser ahead uh, that week, but uh, been solid so far. Been really happy with everything that's been going on. Yeah. You. Yeah. So last week for me it was a rough one. It was Cleveland. Um, had a client in town. Mm. It was a pr- pretty aggressive swing on the. Uh, we had we had a pretty large position on the money line and spread, and uh, gift wrapped tw- Oakland twenty four points up eight late, and a pretty egregious overturn on a. First down call, and uh, part of the game. Just got to pedal on. Yeah, that was a good game. I was uh, I was watching that. Uh, I was kind of paying attention to the Raiders, uh, just because of the whole Chicago tie-in with the Khalil Mack. So I was kind of wanting to see them de- uh, destruct themselves again, and uh, let let the media tear tear a new one in them. Uh, that's always fun. Fucking gridiron games. I don't know if you guys see that, but they're making fun of John Gruden on a weekly basis. This shit's funny as hell. <laughs> But um, all right. So, um, what do we do? What do we do Monday? Did you guys? What was Monday like? Go do a quick recap of that before we move in. Monday was uh, no play for me. You had Denver, which was the right side. Yeah, yeah. Denver uh, capped off my uh, four and one week last week. Uh, got the best number at five and uh, landed on four. So, got a little momentum going into week five. Let's jump into the slate. All right. So it looks like um, game one we got. Atlanta at Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's the favorite, uh, giving a negative three. Yeah, negative three at Pittsburgh. So uh, what are you guys feeling about this game here? Yeah, so Pittsburgh's three-point favorite here. It's my, uh, in the running for top play of the week. This is a game where you just look at Atlanta and I mean, they're as beat up as any team is in the entire NFL. Um, this is coming off of back-to-back years where they were top five in injury luck. And now all of a sudden, uh, you know, we're learning how precious opportunities really are because eventually you don't stay healthy and then things really go off the wall. Um, they now lost their starting middle linebacker, both starting safeties. Deion this Jones? Week, Deion Jones. Um, this week their defensive tackle has already ruled out. Their second-best lineman, Andy Levitri, he's on IR as well. So this is a team with probably five of their – top 10 most valuable players on their roster on IR or out this game. And, uh, you know, I just think this is a team that's reaching the breaking point. They're traveling to a Pittsburgh team that, you know, the public just watched in primetime, laying egg, not really do much in the second half. Just doesn't feel like the same Steeler team. Not many people will be confident in this team. Atlanta's kind of got a reputation of playing in close games, winning by three, losing by three. So I think 
your average Joe is going to gravitate towards taking the points. Um, when I see I see Pittsburgh in a bounce back spot, um, buy low, you know, one and three against the spread on the season. I think a key variable here is the fact that they're 0-2 at home. I, I don't see the Steeler team going 0-3 at home. They're a team that has a history of stepping up when they need to. Um, and, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, Baltimore's and, and Cleveland and Cincinnati are all playing so well in this division, I think we're going to see a, a very urgent team um, come out because, you know, Mike Tomlin's not the best X's and O's coach, but the one thing no one can take away from him is he's an elite motivator, and I think we're going to get a, a, a very hyped-up Steelers team. I look at the game a little differently. Um, the numbers come down. Uh, I thought there was value early in the week with uh, three and a half, four. It looks like on the card it's going to be three. Um, I look at the game, the total's 57. So, I mean, if you, you like offense, tune into this game. There's going to be a ton. The way I look at the game right now, currently in this, this facet, and I'm going to stay away from it. Originally, I was going to lean Atlanta and put them on a card is the fact that I, I believe Atlanta right now can move the ball easier than Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh in the first four weeks has given up more yards than anybody in the history of football. Now, I don't know if that's bad or as bad as you can get. Um, Atlanta, to me, quarterback play has been good. They had some, they've had difficult problems in the red zone all of last year, early in the season. Um, Calvin Ridley has come in and certainly been the a juggernaut down inside the 20 with multiple touchdowns. Um, and then going back to the Steelers' offense, the thing that I'm really worried about with them is, is they probably have the best two wide receivers on a team, and Juju Smith, who is outstanding, one of the youngest players in the game, and Antonio Brown, who doesn't have to be mentioned. Um, <laughs> they have two tight ends um, that are solid. They can control the middle of the field. I think they'll make plays. The problem that I do see here is um, – Le'Veon Bell doesn't play defense, but he does play offense, and he's probably the best player in the game outside of Kamara right now, maybe Gurley. This Connor has been atrocious the last three games, picking up blitzes, going out in routes, running the football, averaging 40-something yards a game outside of game one. I'm worried about Pittsburgh being able to score on a high total with Atlanta. I understand Atlanta's defense has been brutally run over this season, but I think that in this situation here, I would probably take the points, although I am going to stay away from the game. Now, when you know you look at this Pittsburgh team, and you know the NFL is all about can you exploit another team's flaw, and you know this this Pittsburgh defense clearly has not been the same since Shazier went out. Well, the the key with Shazier is the run defense. The pass defense, it's it's not a lead; it's average at best. Um, but the real weakness of this Pittsburgh team is they just don't tackle very well, and they can't stop the run. Well, the only team that they've beat so far is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who's 30th in rushing efficiency. Now, you know, one dimensional. One of the more shocking stats when I saw it, just you know, going off DVOA, Football Outsiders, is Atlanta's 29th in rushing success. Probably due to the fact that Levitri's not playing. Partly due to the fact that Devontae Freeman hasn't been out there much. Should play this week. So if he comes back, might help the rushing a little bit. But at the end of the day. Um, this Pittsburgh team comes out with urgency, scores some points, gets Atlanta in catch-up mode. The Pittsburgh pass defense a little bit better than the run defense. So, you know, I'm not you know, completely, completely confident Pittsburgh's defense can, can shut out this Atlanta team. But I think ultimately I don't see this Atlanta defense being able to get off the field after we've just seen eight straight quarters of the Bengals and the Saints going up and down the field on this team. So I don't think it stops. And, uh, you know, just a couple sneaky stats here. Atlanta all-time against Pittsburgh, 2-13-1. Haven't, haven't beat them since 06 with Michael Vick at quarterback. <laughs> Never beat them at Heinz Field. And uh, ultimately, this is a game where I'd be comfortable laying the Steelers up to six. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of points. I mean, I just I don't see Big Ben getting off the field very often. Yeah, one thing that I am a little nervous about in this game is Atlanta hasn't been on the road in 20-something days, 26, I think it is. Thir 32 days. Is it 32 days? Now, yeah, that's a long time, especially going on with the – the thing that bothers me the most is now you're you're getting the owner involved with disappointment with the record. And, in, you know, I mean, he's a great owner. I mean, you know, outstanding blank is. But we don't need him involved with what's going on. Just stay off to the side and let this team, you know, move the ball up and down the field. I, I see no less than 450 yards of offense in this game from them. 
the number there scares me for the contest. Again, I, I'm going to stay off of it. So if you do like Pittsburgh, I think it's a good spot with laying three here um, just because of the number. But, uh, like, again, I'm going to stay off of it. Now, Arthur Blank, right? That's his name? Yes. That's the yeah, guy that was yep. head down during the uh, Super Bowl. He's super salty with his... His beautiful wife, or whoever that was on the sideline, the sure. same guy. Yep. Uh, so I'm. I don't know. I'm. I might sound like a rookie with this question, but do you guys take into fact of um, quarterbacks that play mostly inside going to outdoor places? Do you guys look at that at all? Does that mean anything to you? Yeah. No. Without question. I mean, that that's what's scary about this Atlanta team is they just played th three straight games at home. Um, you know, played a Philly team that played like shit in week one. And now they're sitting at one and three. I mean, I, I just think at a certain point, you know, we're betting on human beings and how they're going to react in a situation. And, you know, at a certain point, people just break. And, and I think, you know, Atlanta, I mean, just to recap how the last two seasons went, but this team had New England down 28 to three in the Super Bowl, couldn't close. Then they come back the next year. They got Philly by the throat. They can't close them. They, they've lost to the eventual Super Bowl champions back to back years. And they had their opportunities to win a Super Bowl the last two years, and they squandered them, and they're now beat up. And, you know, and even if this game is tight and late, I mean, under pressure, Big Ben versus Matt Ryan's a complete mismatch. So, I mean, honestly, you know, Pitt Pittsburgh, I mean, I've already sent it out to my clients as a four-unit play. I think this line closes three-and-a-half or four. Um, this is going to be one of the bigger bets I've made in the NFL season so far. I look at it uh... – there's no question that nobody wants to be labeled a choker. Uh, Matt Ryan um, would lean in that category from the Super Bowl. I mean, you're looking at the first game they squandered that game. New Orleans back and forth in a shootout. Could have won either way. Um, Drew Brees makes that nice little spin move down there to tie the game. They get the ball back with a minute, 12 seconds, and do nothing with it. Now, that, that to me, has there's something inside of your head. You know, you have to just play the game. You can't be thinking. And at times I do believe that, it, that Ryan does think too much. That can be a struggle. But offensively, I really think right now they're moving the ball. I think Kelvin Ridley's helped out that red zone um, problem they, they've had for years, and I do expect them to score. So, Yeah, I mean, we're just talking simply like quarterbacks under pressure. I mean, we've seen Big Ben on the biggest stage with – I mean, I think if my life's on the line and I got to pick a quarterback for a game-winning drive, Big Ben's in the top five, I mean, all time. I mean, the throw he makes to San Antonio Holmes in the Arizona game, um, I mean, that, that's what the guy does. I still I mean, think Ben's the top five quarterback in the game. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, but I don't think without Bell they're the same offense. And but the defensively, thing, they're the worst. You know, the, the Steelers have been a team who I I've just you know, there's certain teams you have a good feel for, other teams you don't. I've always had a good feel for Pittsburgh. To me, you, that you were bullish on them versus Tampa Bay, and you were spot on with to that me, one. To me, they're they're just a team where you got to understand the spot, the motivation, and, and which group's going to show up because nobody's got higher highs and lower lows than Pittsburgh. And I think on Sunday we get a high. Yeah, that was my that was my loser that four and one uh, season. OG Flower that uh, when I went four and one, I did take oh, yeah. the loser in Atlanta or excuse me Pittsburgh against Tampa. That was my loser that week. Man, that was a big ass stiff arm from old boy. I think that was uh, Vance yeah. McDonald against yeah. his old team, breakout, former team. Breakout year for Mr. McDonald. That's not the first time that's happened to Conti. You can look at uh, Fred Jackson's stiff arm. Uh, I know, I know, team. I know a lot about Conti being a Bears fan. Um, all right, so next we got. Um, Baltimore at Cleveland. Baltimore is um, three-point favorite. <laughs> I'm getting used to the lingo. Uh, yeah, so Baltimore is a three-point three favorite at Cleveland. What are we? Uh, what are we thinking about this? We got Baker's uh, starting his second game, second, second game. full game. All right. Yeah. So when you look at this Baltimore-Cleveland game, um, you know I think you know with Baltimore first you got to start with the fact of you know in the NFL it's tough to go on the road twice. So you know Baltimore's going on the road for the second straight game, and uh, you know when you're coming off of a peak focus game like they were against Pittsburgh, just coming out to really send a message statement game. The following game it's it's a little bit tougher to get up. You know it's just really tough to maintain that same focus, and this Cleveland team. You know, they have a, a history of not winning very many football games. So if Baltimore came out a little bit flat, wouldn't be shocked. Um, you know, with Cleveland, this is, <laughs> I mean, one of my things that I don't do is I don't bet on football teams that are coming off demoral demoralizing losses, which is something I didn't touch on in the Atlanta game, you know, losing on that We're last second robbed. play. We're yeah, no, when, when you get robbed and, and, and it's just demoralizing, like, it's tough to get back up. So, mm. 
you know, Atlanta, that's the case with them as well. And, the, and the, another angle for Pittsburgh is, I mean, that's just, it's rough. You know, you, you have the game one and you got to go into the locker room and it's just silence. And now all of a sudden you got to get on the plane, go to the next spot and, and get back up again. That's why momentum's so precious. When you get it, you can't give it away. So for Cleveland, how they respond to a demoralizing loss with the coaches that we've seen on hard knocks, you know, it's hard. It's, I mean, this, it's hard to have any, any confidence in that coaching staff. So, um, you know, I think from a spot perspective, neither team's really in a great spot. But, you know, as far as the, the, the number, you know, open one and a half, it's up to three. I get why some moving. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, this Baltimore team's a professional football team. Joe Flacco's finally healthy for the first time in three years. No, no team has more weapons, um, you know, weapons difference from 2017 to 2018. Willie Sneed, Crabtree, and John Brown just give that team a dimension they did not have a season ago. And Cleveland, um, you know, they're relying on that defensive line to get pressure because the secondary has some holes. Safety plays a little bit questionable. And, uh, you know, if, if Flacco and the offense come out and they keep the momentum rolling and, and they're not complacent early, uh, this could get ugly because this Baltimore defense is elite. This, for me, is absolutely a must-play Baltimore. Uh, first thing I look at when I take a, a look at matchups is I look at the offensive line, defensive line, both sides of the ball, special teams coaching. And I, I think Baltimore is superior in every facet of the game. Uh, I, I see actually right now everybody's on, on board with Kansas City as, you know, it's an explosive team. I think right now the best team in the AFC is Baltimore. I think that their offensive line may be the best in the game. Joe Flacco is a, comp, he's a quiet, cocky right now. He has the weapons that you, uh, that you described. He has, people don't understand what a weapon they have in their kicker. I mean, he's absolutely, you know, can kick it out of the stadium. Uh, coaching, they've been in big games before. Um, I, I see this as a 13-point as a game. Uh, Cleveland, um, you know, they showed the spark with Baker Mayfield coming back. I'm worried about their, their experience, certainly at a game like this. I think they could be manhandled. Uh, I think they could be frustrated. Um, I think they could be, you know, wanting the game to be over at halftime. I just think Baltimore, with going into to Pittsburgh and, and basically should have been up 21-3 to with the – first and goal at the one they fumbled that game to be tied at halftime you know the 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 books put up three at halftime which was a gift I couldn't believe they put that up after watching that first half um and you're you do like the Steelers you know in spots and whatever I just don't see this game really being competitive in the third quarter I think the game's over middle of the third quarter and if you're not in Baltimore you're missing a big opportunity you know I, I gotta say just in, in the last 45 seconds in my head um Baltimore does feel a little right. I mean, at the end of the day, this is probably one of the, I'd say, top three most professional franchises against the least professional franchise. And, you know, a lot of times in life and, and business and anything, it's just about professionalism. And we, we know with Cleveland they do not have that. Um, they don't I, have the weapons either. I mean, you know, you take a Josh Gordon out of that team, I understand that, you know, there's a lot of turmoil, there's things, but he stretches the defense. I mean, you look at Landry. This guy is wearing himself down already early in the season. I don't see anybody else really contributing to the game. I think in the tight end and uh, Njoku was going to start, you know, piling up some catches um, on the ground. I mean, Carlos Hyde is, you know, a very average back at best. I, you know, I mean, look at Chubb last week. I mean, he was the guy that, that took the ball a couple of times. I'd like to see him on the field a little bit more. Duke Johnson seems to uh, really does not have a role in this team anymore. Is he going out for passes? I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, Put him on special teams to make tackles. Now I, I don't know. So the like last year too. For him. Yeah, you know I mean he's you know he I don't understand why he's not you know he should be involved with the passing game all the time. He doesn't seem to be. I just don't see the direction of Cleveland right now, especially like we set off of that loss. And Baltimore's not coming in here to mess around. They're coming in here to take care of business and they're ready to move on. Back to uh, Jarvis Landry real quick. Where do they have him lining up most of the time? Is he still slotting like he was in the? Uh... Yeah, Landry's in the slot. Um... You know, without Gordon out there, it really does change things because this is a guy that, you know, when he's at his best, he's the top five receiver in the league. So, I mean, you can't forget about that. And, uh, you know, I think from a from – like with just from a simple standpoint of, you know, if Cleveland wins that game last week, mm -hmm. what is the spread? Like, I don't think the market – Adjusted based on how I that think game it would ended. Eventually, probably get to three, just because of how good that uh, 
uh, Baltimore looked in that game. I, I, I think you're looking at the Raiders game. Um, the Raiders also in that game, listen, you were on the right side with Cleveland. That was my luckiest win of the year with Oakland. Um, I think Oakland moved the ball well in that game. They turned the, Both teams turned the ball over way too much. So there's too much sloppy play for me to like out of either team, you know, moving into the next week. I know you do like Baker Mayfield a little bit. Yeah, no, but I, I got to say, I mean, I don't have the stat on him, on hand, but I know that Baltimore has a history of just owning rookie quarterbacks. So, you know, between the fact that Baltimore's – I mean, they're one of the most well-coached teams in the league. They've yet to give up a touchdown in the second half. And you put a rookie quarterback against this Baltimore defense, um, after this conversation, I'm not going to lie. Baltimore might need to, uh, you know, creep its way onto my card. Yeah, especially with the three number where it is. And, and eventually I do see it closing higher. And just like I said before, everything that we've mentioned, um, I just don't see a lot of positives for Cleveland in this game. And, uh, you know, they're going to play hard. I mean, I'll say from a live betting perspective, though, if you're going to play Baltimore, um, you know, I don't think it's the worst spot to have a little patience and maybe, you know, look for, you know, Cleveland to jump to a 3 nothing lead and, and get a slightly better number. But I agree with you. Baltimore's the right side. Take the three now. It's going to move up. Be done with it. Uh, am I looking at? How am I looking at this? Like it's showing that uh, the takeaway difference between Baltimore and Cleveland is zero, and then Cleveland plus seven. Now, how, what is that reading? Is that saying that Baltimore doesn't have any takeaways, or yeah, so turn, might be even for the year. So turnover differential in the year for Baltimore zero. This is a team that was number one actually in the NFL last year. Um, you know, Cleveland was plus five week one against uh, Pittsburgh. Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn the ball over. That's still why. still wasn't able to win the football Can't move game. Move the ball, but he doesn't turn it over. But, yeah, no, Cleveland, a team who perpetually has turned the ball over versus a team who takes it away, um, I, th- I think is another angle that, you know, favors Baltimore in this game. Uh, another thing, too, is is we look at there's two games this season already. Cleveland's been up. They should have – they should have uh, – or uh, I'm sorry, the Pittsburgh game they came back in that game because you know of- Cleveland could be four and zero, and they're three and one against the spread. So as far as buying low, selling high, I mean you're still selling high on a Cleveland team that um, has performed well against the market up yeah, to date. But I'm saying if Cleveland gets off to a you know a quick start, ten three, you know somewhere in that thing, I, I don't think they're going to run away from it. They squandered the, the lead last week. Baltimore, on the other hand, if they get up in this game, this game is going to get it's going to snowball. You know, it absolutely could with with Baker playing catch up against that secondary, um, which by the way Jimmy Smith is yeah, back, back this week. Big he's bit, back. Yeah. yeah. And let's not forget, like as far as you know, I think a lot of times with free agency, people pick, you know, people get picked up, and everyone makes a big deal about it for that year, and then the following year, it's like they forget. But Tony Jefferson, Eric Weddle got, you know, brought in to play safety you see in for this left thing. The game? He's I mean, pumped on. He's pumped to be on that team this year. No, this is the best secondary in football. I mean, right and, there. With and Joe Flacco hasn't had these Jacksonville, weapons. but they haven't had these. He hasn't had these weapons. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I just. No, so the Baltimore Ravens are. I mean, I played over eight wins for a reason. They're the best team um, in the AFC right now. Th- this is a Super Bowl team. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. Next, we got. Uh, I like this game. Um, I want to watch this game just for entertainment purposes. We got Jacksonville at Kansas City. Kansas City's the favorite, minus three. Yep. Um, I just, I personally want to see uh, Mahomes really get tested. I thought it was a good test for him last week against the Great Broncos. Test. Great test. Uh, and he came, he came, he came with it, man. That left-handed throw was making headlines huh. like a motherfucker. And uh, I don't know. I just want to see um, him kind of get, you know, the little, all the attention. I kind of want to see it toned down just a little bit, man. There's so, no question. This see if Jacksonville could do something. This is the toughest test that, that Mahomes has had to date. Last week was his first real true road game. Um, played the Chargers earlier this season. Um, not really a road game. Now, <laughs> you know, you want to look at this Kansas City team, you can you can pick holes left and right. This is, this is a flawed defense. But at the end of the day, when you start your season and you play three out of four road games to start and you start 4-0, mm. I, mean, I mean, you're clearly doing something right. Yeah. Um, this is a uh, an NFL that's all time record in points, and you know we we have we have a movement happening right now. And heard one of the more interesting player comps from Bill Simmons the other day calling Patrick Mahomes the Steph Curry of, of football, and I hmm. couldn't agree more. I think it's dead on the money. This guy like does things that it just aren't normal. I mean, he's a professional flag football player, and that's what NFL football has became. Um, you know, you saw Alex Smith as a top five quarterback last year with these weapons, and now you give a real athlete that has the best arm in the league. I mean, he has a better deep oh, ball he than can f- make any throw. I mean, any throw on the field. You guys see that throw he just did before um, the game, through a hundred, all the way through the field? Did you see that? Yeah, no, it's it's not normal. Um, and on top of that, this guy's turnover free. 
has, has yet to throw an interception this season. Yeah. So the one knock on this team was, you know, if Kansas City can continue to – I mean, the, during, the Kansas, during Alex Smith's tenure the last two years, I mean, they won football games because their turnover differential and he did not turn the ball over. And now that Mahomes is continuing this on top of adding to the upside, I mean, this team is scary offensively. Now, a little, little sneak peek ahead, we're going to be fading them next week at New England. But as far as right here, right now, I think the market is fading them a week early. Um, the early money's on Jacksonville. The public sentiment is, oh, this is the exposure spot for, for Patrick Mahomes against this Jacksonville defense. I don't think it happens because – At Kansas City, too. When I think when I think about this game, the first the, the first vision is just the atmosphere. Arrowhead is is not a normal stadium. And they've only been there once, right? Um, second home game of the yeah. year. First one was against Jimmy G. Not really that big of a game. It was loud, but it was it was kind of a in a middle of the road type of home game. This one's different. This is the team that went to the AFC Championship last year with the shit talking defense. This this crowd's gonna be as loud as any NFL stadium's been probably since like Seattle five six years ago, um, and I think when you look at this this Jacksonville team, I mean the stat of all stats and that's gonna come into play here at least I'm hoping is when they get out to a lead they're now 13 and two the last two years even if it's a field goal 13 and two when they get behind Jacksonville is Jacksonville when they get behind two and seven this Blake Bortles. He has moments where he fools everybody, but but just some numbers for you. Bortles, last year at home, 7.7 yards per attempt, 15 to 5 touchdown interception ratio, 98 rating. When he goes on the road, yards per attempt drops by 1.3, completion percentage drops 9, touchdown interception ratio goes 6 to 8, and his rating rating drops to 69.4. But to tie into the number of them struggling when they're trailing, when Jacksonville's down one to eight points, his completion percentage is down to 58, 6.1 yards per attempt, four touchdowns and six interceptions, and 63.7 rating. I mean, they're numbers and they're boring, but at the end of the day, this is the moral of the story. When Bortles is playing on the road and from behind, it's a terrible combination. And we've seen this Kansas City team jump on Pittsburgh 21-0. We saw them jump in week one. The Outside of the Denver game, where – you know, they still move the ball in the first quarter. This is a fast-starting team. So you put Bortles in a one-dimensional situation where he's got to make plays against the Kansas City defense that has been elite getting off the field, number one in third-down defense. Even if Kansas City continues to, to not stop the run, the, there's some analytics out there that show you're better off just letting teams run the ball on you. Let it, let it run down your throat. The, the times where you really get in trouble is when a team can throw it on you. And as long as Kansas City's bottom of the road and stopping the run, as long as they can get off the field on third downs and, and, and play good red zone defense, um, you know, they're going to win this football game. And, you know, as far as playing at home in front of that atmosphere, to me the best remedy for a bad run defense is energy and effort. And that's what I think we're going to see from this front seven in this game. Last year, 27. I do think Justin Houston will be a factor. Absolutely. Justin Houston last year was MVP candidate through the first half of the season. Um, Kansas City last year gave up 8.1 less points per game. Um, they had a streak of, I think it was 10 straight games of not giving up 20 points at They're home. They're scoring fast this year, though. You know, that's going to contribute to it They're against their defense, Kansas City's defense. Yeah, so. no, I'm talking 2017, last year. Oh, yeah. Eight points better at home. I mean, most defenses are better at home, just like Jacksonville is. They, they allow two more points per game on the road. So I think we got a, a Jacksonville team that plays much better at home, the quarterback and the defense, going on the road. You know, and as far as buying low and selling high, which is, you know, I think a principle we all need to go off of, Jacksonville, they're 3-1 and one straight up and against the spread. So both these teams are riding high. I just think from a matchup perspective, you know, give me the, be- give me the much better quarterback, give me the better weapons, give me the team at home, and, and, and the public's on Jacksonville. So I, I you know. You lean, you like Kansas City on your curve. I mean, there's going to be some big money um, bet this week, and and Kansas City and Steelers are, are two of them. Here's what I look at Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, visually, he is unbelievable. But what to me, and I'm real bullish on quarterbacks. The Denver game, he was frustrated, but he he wasn't frustrated. He was frustrated with seeing what was out there and not being able to execute what was out there and what. 
made it for me in the second half when the defense was on the field. Andy Reid is sitting down with him and explaining to him everything that's going on. Andy Reid is absolutely perfect for Patrick Mahomes. Everything you said makes a million percent sense. There's no question the better offense is Kansas City here. The thing, there's two things, in, another thing that you didn't bring up is Leonard Fournette's out of this game. That is an enormous, they need him in this game to control the clock, move the chains, you know, I don't think they need to, that's where Denver, Denver's in the game, they're doing a nice job against Kansas City, controlling the clock, moving the chains, they get away from it in the second half. I couldn't understand for me why they only had eight rushes for, for uh, Royce Freeman last week. He should have been more involved, 15, they, they're zoning the first half, they're playing fantastic. The problem that I see for this game with Kansas City is that I look at Kansas City right now, offensively, as New England last year. They spread you out. You look at Edelman and Hill. They're two different players. Obviously, Hill's way more explosive. Edelman's going to be better at picking up first downs. They both have outstanding um, tight ends that can control the middle of the field. Brady's going to get in a lot of five, five wides, um, those kinds of things. New England cannot move the ball against Jacksonville. They, cannot, they just cannot move the ball against this defense because they lock down man-to-man. That being said, the X factor with man-to-man -man against Kansas City goes back to Mahomes. Mahomes in a man-to-man -man defense, all he has to do is beat a speed rusher, and he can make any throw from any platform on the field. So if you're going to have man-to-man -man and lock up, let's say, for instance, Jalen Ramsey, who arguably could be the best corner in football, you put him on Tyreek Hill, and he's shutting him down. You get one play, just one play, where Mahomes gets away from him, I don't care how long, if it's 70 yards, it's touchdown every time. Jacksonville is going to have to play some zone in this game. They're going to have to slow down and make Mahomes be a veteran quarterback. You have got to take the air out of the football with Kansas City. I don't even know if the Rams right now can go up and down the field with this Kansas City team. I mean, I think Kansas City's offense is that explosive. Mm. That being said, you must coach a proper way against this team, and Jacksonville is the best team man-to-man -man in football on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think there's any question about that. But again, I don't think you can do that for 60 minutes in this game. And going back to the offensive side of the ball for Jacksonville, like I said, Fournette's going to be a problem. I see Bortles struggling in this game. I don't see, again, it's going to go to the atmosphere. Um, the line is three on the card, which I think should be four. Um, I don't like the game as much as you do. I don't think it's going to quite make my card only because of the, the the matchup of how New England plays Jacksonville. I can see Kansas City in a certain kind of way where, you know, that kind of thing. But I agree with you the, with the buy high type of thing here. I think Kansas City is the play, but I'm going to stay off. Yeah, no, as far as injuries, um, you know, there's been some splits that Jacksonville's offense is much more explosive um, without Fournette. Um, Yeldon's a better pass catching back. Now, I do think each matchup is unique, and in this one, in my opinion, although running the football you know, from an analytics standpoint isn't the right play, I think if you're going to beat Kansas City, you got to just make the game really ugly and just limit possessions. You Especially just, in Kansas City. Yeah, no, you, you, you have to – it's almost Villanova versus Georgetown basketball style. You just, you just milk as much time as you can every time you touch it, and you let Mahomes only touch it seven, eight times in the game because – you know, when that boy gets hot, we saw it in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, he's Curry. I mean, there's there's no other way to to, to, to spin it. But the much more important injury. Do you and, see, there's a blowout this game. Um, thirty-three twenty-one is is the score I got. Um, wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City's defense scores a touchdown. I th I think with with Bortles, um, a, you know, propensity to make mistakes, wouldn't be surprised if they got in the end zone. But there's there's much there's a couple of injuries this this Jacksonville offensive line left tackle Cam Robinson second round pick out of Bama he's on IR from two weeks ago, but to me he's the, been a disappointment the, from the, day one the, the injury that could completely turn this game and make this line potentially close four is center Brandon Linder one one of the better centers in football he's questionable right now I'd say it's sixty forty plays if if by the end of the week on Friday we get that he's out. Um, the sharp money is going to pour in on Kansas City, and, and this this number is going to balloon. But when you look at uh, when you look at Jacksonville, I mean, I, I like the comp you made as far as 
you know, the New England game, I think that's going to be fresh in people's mind is, oh, hey, they, they shut down Brady in New England. But, I mean, as you touched on many times in our conversations, this New England offense is not the same without Julian Edelman. They didn't have Josh Gordon at that time. They put Ramsey on Gronk. But this, this Jacksonville— But last year in the playoff game, too, they played them. The very, they, they, Jacksonville had a, a good chance of beating New England. Yeah, no, but if you're going to – the whole on Jacksonville – They should have beat them. The, the, the weakness for Jacksonville's defense isn't a mystery. It's stopping the tight end. They were 17th – they're 17th for four games this year. They're 20th last year against the tight end. And Travis Kelsey's the most athletic tight end in the game right now. So mm-hmm. you, you, got, you got the best position at their weakness. Um, you know, and actually you, you brought up something that made me think of something. Every year in the postseason we get a matchup where it's a repeat matchup from a regular season game. And in that second matchup, the team learns that, oh, we actually should have played them differently. And I think Jacksonville is as cocky as any defense in the league. I think they come out, they play man for three quarters. They learn the hard way. They should have been playing zone. And then the, the t- we, we, we won't find out until the playoffs if they're going to be smart enough to adjust to the zone. But I don't think they come out and play zone, as they should, because with Mahomes, like I said, you want to limit the possessions. I think Jacksonville is going to come out like, you know, I think it might be a little similar to, um, you know, last year there was the Jimmy G hype and, and Jacksonville came out and, you know, they, they, they started getting a little cocky and then they just got schemed. This game, I don't think they're going to get schemed. I think it's very simple. Kansas City's weapons are... Is Watkins going to play? Watkins is most likely in. It, these Kansas City weapons get open. I mean, Chris Conley was one of the more important weapons they had last year. And now he's an afterthought, still making no, big still catches. Opens the field, I mean, yeah, no, the Conley injury Steve. last year was a huge deal to, to them starting five and zero, and then he got hurt in the game that um, the Watt and Merciless injury happened. So, I mean, Kansas City last year started five and zero. I think we, we see a repeat, start five and zero again. Don't think we have the same collapse as we saw last year with Smith. But as far as Sunday is concerned, um, I think it's simple. People are selling their chief stock one week early. Um, the time to fade them is next week at New England. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I do think the Bortles, um, over the last, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, so you guys will love that. But um, in the playoff game last year, particularly in that game, Bortles beat the Bills with his legs. Bortles' legs has actually come to fruition a little bit. Um, the only thing, one last thing that I do see is that could be a question mark for me, is Kansas City going to be able to run the ball in this game? Yeah, I was just, I was just asking, uh, what's Kareem Hunt been doing? I'm just looking at he had a big game last game, huh? Yeah, he has. I mean, but I mean, is he going to be in Spencer Ware's been coming in a little bit as well, too. Um, but can they consistently run the ball enough in this game? Because they're not just going to be able to drop back and just just throw for 400 yards. That's no, not going to happen. No, that's a great point. Um, since the Marcel Darius trade last year, uh, I think it was week 10, mm-hmm. this Jacksonville run defense, um, before the Darius trade, they were well, bot- he's not even the best uh, defensive uh, lineman. Right, no, no. Uh, Again, Campbell is... Absolutely no, but against the run, Darius was the difference. Just in general, I mean, yeah. No, they went from they went from a bottom five run defense. I think they're the best defense in football, personally. Yes, Chicago is number two, right there with them. Right but, now, but but ja- Jacksonville, is, Jacksonville the is the best defense in football. Um, I do think Kansas City. I mean, Kareem Hunt last year elusive rating, um, next gen stats, number one in the NFL. So, I think Hunt will do enough to at least keep this defense honest, but. I think Mahomes could have 30, 40 yards rushing in this game. Oh, I think he can, um, too. You know. See, the things that, that Mahomes has been doing, he's been doing an outstanding job of escaping and making plays, and I do think that that is going to present itself if they do play man. Jacksonville cannot play man in this game the whole time. They're going to have to mix it up with them because they're just not going to be able to go up and down the field and score with Kansas City. That's going to be it's going to be game planning, field possession. I agree with you with the fact it goes back to the Eldon. Yes, he is more versatile coming out of the backfield. But Jacksonville is the type of team with Fournette that physically they can pound you and they can take your heart out of a game. And that's where they're going to miss him in this game. To me, I see this. Kelsey has a hot start. Kansas City goes up 7 nothing, And the Blake Bortles, who's 2-7 and seven when trailing, shows up. And this, loon, this bleed balloons. Um, defense gets a score, sets up some short fields. 10-0, um, 14-0 early. And then all of a sudden, you know, they before, just can't score. You, I mean, you just simply make Blake Bortles make professional NFL throws, and I don't think you can do it. I hear you. All right, uh, <clears throat> moving on, we have um, we got Denver at the New York Jets. Uh, New York Jets are the favorite, uh, minus one. Yeah, one point. Jesus, what is that about? Is uh, am I missing something here with uh, Denver or what? They- you, what side do you like? Uh- 
OG Flower? Uh, I don't know. I, I was um, I'm more familiar with the Jets after just that week one and all the hype around Darnold, and uh, I don't know. They haven't. So really... you, do you think the Jets look good in week one? I did, and ever since then, I'll, they've just been the Jets, mm-hmm. and uh, they're a favorite here, and I don't know why. I mean, I'm not too familiar with Denver either, so maybe they you guys can help Miami, me out. Miami, who's been playing well at home, they 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 played Jacksonville, which was tough to move the ball against them, but you like the Jets in this spot at home against Denver, really. I mean, the NFL is – I mean, these, these guys that make up these teams are, are they're rich and, and they are very moody, and that's why the spot is king in the NFL. And this is your classic dream spot for the Jets. Hmm. Um, Denver, just like Atlanta, um, just like Cleveland, coming off a demoralizing loss. Maybe the most demoralizing of the three. Um, at home, you play a perfect game, and you can't get off the field in the fourth quarter. And now you got to travel up north to New York – um, to Not take on to, to take on a team for an early start against a team who has been probably the most unlucky to the schedule through four weeks. Jets have only had one game this year where they came out with an equal spot to their opponent, and it was Week One at Detroit, a team who, at home in a primetime game, very similarly um, blasted New England. So um, the forty-eight seventeen win Week One. I'm glad you guys brought it up. Um, it just shows what this Jet team ca- is capable of. Um, now, the the Detroit Lions are 27th against the run, and, and, Detroit, and Denver's number two first the run, so I don't think this is going to be as easy as week one was in a game where there was a lot of special teams variants that went the Jets' way. But, you know, when you look at this Jet team, you know, one of my favorite things to do week four and five is to find teams who had unfortunate scheduling situations play out. And week two... Um, the Jets have to play uh, on in a short week. They played Cleveland on a short week. Um, then they had to play. Who, who's the other short week game? Uh, let's take a look. Oh, shit. There's no question that from a scheduling standpoint, Monday night loss for Denver going on the East Coast is the worst of anybody. I agree with you 100%. I'm going to chime in quickly. I know you're real bullish on the Jets here. The Jets are probably going to be my last play on the card. I'm not 100% sure of it yet. The reason being is I'm very bullish on Case Keenum being a below-average quarterback. He's on the road again here in this spot. Um, He played awful in week one in the win against Seattle. Anybody else underneath center in that game, they win that game easy by 10. I I actually got a push out of that game, and I felt like it was almost a bad beat. Um, I do think in this spot here, the Jets are going to be able to move the ball. I still think they're going to have to stay somewhat balanced on the ground. I know that Denver is good against the run in that aspect, but they've lost corners, you know, to free agency, and I'm not sure they still have the same defense, especially on the road in this spot here. I think the Jets should score enough in this game. I think the Jets will win the turnover battle in this game. Um, And again, like you said, coming off of a very difficult loss Monday night, going to the East Coast and opening up early in the morning is going to be very difficult for for Denver. Yeah, so the other game the Jets had the the short week was against Miami, and that was their only home game today. But Miami's been playing solid. Yeah, no. Um, in that game, Jets outgained them uh, yards per play, 5.7 to 4.4. They got buried early. It was a game where it was very unfortunate turnovers. Darnold threw, um, just made a couple rookie mistakes. And, you know, for the rookie Darnold, um, last week was his first turnover-free week. So hopefully that carries over into this week. To me, this is a game that's crucial that the first seven minutes go a particular way. Every Sunday, the games kick off. There's so much unknown to those who, you know, don't really do their homework. And even those that do, but there's always that that one game where you know you hit you know the public's really strong on one side, and five minutes into the game, all the people just know, hey, this one's a wrap. You know the the, the energy's a complete mismatch. You know there, there's been plenty of days where you know it's happened in Buffalo. There's just you know we saw it with Washington, Green Bay. We saw it last week with Tampa Bay and Chicago. There's just there's always that early game each week where there's just one team doesn't show up and the other team's in a good energy spot. To me, this week it's the Jets. Um, you if, know. Let me ask you this: If you're Denver, I, I can't I can't figure out what they're trying to base their offense on. You've got a running back that runs people over can control a game, can keep a, a good defense rested. They're going with this other kid, 
Lindsay. And no, I mean, Lindsay's been very productive this he season. He has been productive. But yeah. let's go back to the Monday night game. Lindsay was not the formula to win that game against Kansas City. No, absolutely. I mean, so you're you're getting... Denver, Denver when they had them by the throat should have continued to pound the rock. Absolutely, they they, they went they went seventy percent pass, thirty percent run, and it should have been more like forty five, fifty five in that game. They couldn't stop Freeman. Every, every game's unique, and the game plan for Detroit for Denver was correct for the first three quarters. Outstanding, and, and, and then they just the, the players they stopped zoning the, at the, the end. The, they're the, playing prevent. The, the, play, up a the players and, and coaches. It was a complete mental breakdown, and I think that break, breakdown carries over yeah, into I this think week. Finger pointing, but to me. This game, the, the the hidden variable that is just an unknown out there, and, and it's kind of crazy, but it, and it's because of the, not the marquee names, but this Jet secondary is you know th- this defense is uh, number five in defensive efficiency, number two against the pass. Morris Claiborne at one corner, and they spent. Demarius Thomas is not the same player. No, Jamal Adams at safety with the two corners they got in free agency. They spent some money on the secondary. Going in this season, Pro Football Focus had them projected at number 32 offensive and defensive line, and they're just dead wrong. They're middle of the road in both categories. And, you know, I think a lot of people that are going to back Denver in this game, they think their edge is, oh, well, we have the better pass rush with Von Miller. Well, Denver's 15th in adjusted sack rate this year through four weeks, and, uh, and the Jets are 11th. So you actually have the better pass rush with the Jets. The left tackle, um, I mean, the right tackle for Denver, Veldier, he's questionable, leaning towards not playing. Um, and you know, I just think this is a game where Denver gets rookied for the second straight week. First it was Mahomes, now it's Darnold. And uh, you know, to me, football is a, a game of energy and effort. And you know, this is only the second. You know, and that's the other thing. The the, the Jets fan base is a loyal fan base. They haven't had a home game in two weeks. Todd I, Bowles has done a good job with. And Ted Bo- Todd Bowles last year, the 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 Jets had five wins. They easily could have had nine or ten. I mean, they they competed week in and week out. I thought out. he should have been fired at the beginning of last year. He's done a good job with them. I mean, last year people were legitimately projecting them to win one game. Yep. There was one oh, fifteen yeah. on a. Oh, I, the, I projected them in my preseason rankings for one fifteen. Season moved all the way down to four. Right. So I want to say going into this week, he was. Uh, they were talking about him kind of being on a little bit of a hot seat. You know, a little bit of a warm seat. Uh, Todd Bowles? Yeah. Going into this week? Going into this week. Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, well, last week. this is an impatient, uh, you know, sport, but, you know, when you don't give a team, uh, when you give a, a coach a young quarterback and, and you don't spend much money on the offense or defensive line and he manages to compete, I mean, you got to keep the guy around. So I think we get another. Um, I think he's a better coach than, than Denver has. Yeah, no, I mean, you, and this is why I say the first seven minutes is so crucial because this Jet secondary is elite. Now, Claiborne is questionable. It's important he plays. Not the end of the world if you sat, but if you get this Denver team down seven, ten, nothing early because they oh, come out they, sleepy, like and which is what I will turn the ball over. I got Denver this. I got this down. game seventeen three at halftime. But if Denver comes out sleepy and you get them one dimensional with Keenum and all this all this turnover happy stuff he's been doing, yes, um, th- this one could be ugly. All right, I might lean with you on the Jets. Maybe I'll go there. All right, uh, moving on. We have uh, Green Bay's a favorite minus one at Detroit inside. Um, this game is one of my uh, keys uh, of the week to watch. I'm, you know, Central uh, NFC North. Good division. Yeah, I'm, I'm NFC North out. So when it comes to the opposite of the Bears, I want everyone to lose. <laughs> so when uh, Green Bay, I think it was Green Bay and Minnesota, was it Detroit and Minnesota? That no, it was Green Bay. Green Bay. Minnesota. Green Bay. I love that because I was asking my uh, my family, like, you know, what's the best win-win situation out of this? I'm like, shit, a tie. Or, Just Aaron, like, or Rogers getting hurt. Yeah, well, but we don't want right. that. But uh, well, you know, pretty much got all of that in one game yeah. because, because Rodgers left that game a lot more banged up than he went in. Is this the how many ties is there? Is there three or is there two? There's this been two ties in the season, and this was the second one back to back. Yeah, so I was like, I was thrilled by that. Um, how's Aaron Rodgers been doing? Is he is he holding up? I'm bullish on this game here, Scoop. What's your take first? Um, you look at this Green Bay Detroit game. I think you know it starts with the fact that you know I's from from a Angle perspective, I like the over. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people are going to have the recency bias of watching Green Bay in a low-scoring 22 nothing game. Um, you know, people watch Detroit in prime time playing a 26-10 game. Um, so over 51. But I see points being scored here. This 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 is a game of two two quarterbacks that when they're on, um, you know, are as good as any. This Detroit this Detroit receiving core to me is uh, sneaky. <laughs> Uh, top five in the NFL, Kenny Galladay gives them a dimension that you know they didn't have last year with his injury. 
with Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, and himself um, going against a Green Bay secondary that's just really struggled over the last three years. And now that Muhammad Wilkerson's out for the pass rush, um, I just I can't trust this Green Bay team. Now, Green Bay is coming uh, off of a game where – Oh, against Buffalo? Yeah, Buffalo. So, you know, you're, you're, you're playing Buffalo. It's Buff an e you know, easy win, good spot for them there. Yeah, so it was a game where their defense really couldn't be exposed. So, you know, I think from the, from the turnaround perspective – I don't. I can't trust either defense. I'm on the over. I think this is a 34-30 game that you can make a case for either team winning. Um, I got Green Bay prevailing just from the simple fact that Aaron Rodgers is magical. But um, I get why someone like Detroit reminds me a little bit of the Giant game last week. You know, sharp money on the dog. But you know, sharp money doesn't always come through. <clears throat> I look at this game, and this game is going to make my card. Detroit. Green Bay to me is. Probably the most overrated team in all of football. You've got a quarterback that is outstanding. He's not 100%. You've got a running game. Aaron Jones is back. I don't think that's their identity. Um, you have a good wide receiver in Devontae Adams. You know, Jimmy Graham has lost half a step. Geronimo Allison, I mean, he's a below average number two. I think you're right about Green Bay putting up points in this game. Detroit's putting up points. Detroit has three very good wide receivers. Detroit is comfortable at home. Detroit is going to move the ball in the air. Detroit just got their first, what, what first 100-yard rushing running back, and how long was it? I don't even know. I mean, it was about 70 games. Since yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. But this kid can play football. Um, I do think that uh, Detroit will win the turnover battle. Um, I see it as a 10-point game. I mean, 13-point game Detroit. I, you know, I, like I said before, I, I don't think Green Bay is, is, a, is a playoff team this year. I mean, I don't think that Aaron Rodgers has the weapons. Cobb was out last week. I don't know if he's coming back. Um, whether he does or he doesn't, he's not going to be 100%. Um, you know, they're mixing up guys in the backfield left and right. They're rotating three guys in there. They're, they don't have an identity on offense. Um, and if you go back and take a look, I look at this game similar to the New England game. Um, Green Bay has more off more weapons than New England did in that game with the banged-up Gronk. They didn't have Josh Gordon. They didn't have Edelman. So, you know, I was very bullish on Detroit, taking Detroit in that game. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because, to me, you know, Detroit, this is their first home game since the New England game. And, you know, the, to me the shocker was, I mean, it was like midway through the third quarter and New England had one first down. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that was not normal. We saw last week against Dallas this Detroit defense, 27th against the run. Ziggy Ansah still out. Um, don't know if he'll be back for this week. But Aaron Jones is infinitely better than Jamal Williams. Well, I mean, well why from, aren't they playing them? From, from a rushing Why are they not playing well, we've every seen, Ro Rogers last week made a comment. I mean, the, the, the share he's getting is not what it should be. But in a game like this – when you're playing against a team who struggles to stop the run, your best rushing running back should be on the field more than your two receiving running backs. And if Aaron Jones had 150 yards rushing here, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, hmm. I would be surprised. I, I mean, from I'll say from a standpoint of taking the over, you know, if I was going to scare myself off of it, it would be Green Bay runs the ball too often and eats up too much clock and the total can't get there. No, they better because if they try and get up and down – I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be standing at the end of this game. He can't continue to take the beating he's taking. I mean, the yeah. Buffalo game last week was basically a bye week. Well, I mean, to, to, to go with you, um, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of what Pittsburgh did in the Tampa Bay game where they throw everybody off the scent, and it's like, oh, everything's fixed. We're good. Like, you beat Buffalo, no. No, no, you, no, you haven't solved anything Yeah, no, 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 you're still flawed. Right. And, and, and the flaws will reemerge. And I think this Green Bay secondary could have a long day trying to stop these receivers because um, the contested catches that Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay make, if you watched that Dallas game last week, um, them boys are special. Oh, I agree. And, I, I, and like I said before, Johnson is going to be able to move the ball. He's a good running back. He was dinged up early in the season, seems to be getting healthier now, seems to be – 
learning the speed of the NFL, which at times, you know, for certain players can be something. But like I said before, I, I, I feel like Detroit at home is going to be more comfortable than they are on the road. They should have beaten Dallas last week. There was a great catch in that game. Could have won either way. Does Detroit's fan base in, in the defense play with the same energy as we saw against New England? Uh, I, it's, a, it's a division game. Division game, but this is an early start. This isn't a prime time, you know. No, you know. I agree with you. I don't, I don't necessarily think Detroit needs, like, home field advantage. If, like, if, if, if Detroit's defense plays with that lackluster energy that we've seen so many times from them, right. I, I don't see them stopping but Green Bay very often. But I still think they're going to move the ball. I still, yeah, I, no, no question. I think they'll win the turnover this battle. Is, I think this is a true coin flip game. I, I, I've got a pretty heavy play on a teaser. Plus seven and a half, and you know they're they're going to make my card unless something changes. I, I think that Detroit. I look at certain games like this. Green Bay to me is just not a, a top team anymore. They just don't have the weapons on offense anymore. There, there's no question they have flaws, but Detroit has their own flaws. Maybe, but in this game, I don't think they're going to be you know looked at. I mean, you know, they're at home. They have three good wide receivers. We've already you know besides the Buffalo game, you throw that out. Green Bay has problems on the in the secondary. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't see them being able to continue to score with Detroit in this game. Yeah, no, I mean the only legit NFL quarterback offense that Green Bay's faced to date is Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, and we saw what he I mean he threw for four hundred and forty yards. Yeah. So, if Stafford throws for four hundred plus, I don't be even surprised. think I, I think they'll be a little more balanced. They'll win the turnover game. I think they'll be comfortable at home, and I think they'll be all right. I say like, uh, I say you know I agree with you on the magical thing with Aaron Rodgers. I feel like uh, Matthew Stafford and the Lions are a little bit more of a all around more fundamental team in this game. I think Aaron Rodgers can do something like he did against my Bears on the magical side of things, but. You know, as a whole game, I feel like if they did like they did when they came out and played the Patriots, they see the other guy wearing number 12 and they focus, they'll put together a more fundamental game on both sides. Yeah, and another thing I look at this game, too, uh, you know, as much as if, if Detroit gets up early in this game, this game's going to be over because there's no way they're going to allow Aaron Rodgers to sit back and just take punishment. He's, he's, he's hurting, and they're trying to hide it right now. Oh, no. The offense and defensive line of, of uh, Detroit's top five and adjusted sack rate in both. Mm-hmm. So, um, without Muhammad Wilkerson for Green Bay, um, that they're not the same team against the run. Why do you or see it rush. as a pick game, then? I see it as a pick game from the standpoint of both teams can exploit the other team's deficiencies on defense, and I think it's just a back-and-forth game. So you think Jones is going to come in and be a factor? I think Jones has a monster day. And fantasy football, get to the waiver wire now. Okay. All right, uh, we're about wrapping it up here. It looks like we got our time spent. Um, let's see if we can get one more play in here. Um, we got which one? You, we got three games left. Which one do we want to talk about? We got Dallas at Houston, Arizona, San Francisco, Giants at Carolina. Which one should we attack? Well, I'll tell you quickly, from my standpoint, two of these three games are going to make my card. The Houston-Dallas game is three on the card. Dallas offensively on the road may be the worst team in football. I mean, they, You said Dallas? Dallas on the road offensively. They, they can't move the ball. I mean, this is a three-point spread here. I look at Deshaun Watson starting to get healthy again. He's starting to get a little more confident. you got both the wide receivers that are going to put up numbers. I, I, I see this as a double-digit game. I, you know, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott was fantastic last week. That's, that's fine. I don't, again, you know, that was at home, more comfortable. I'm taking Houston in this spot. In the San Francisco minus four at home against Arizona, how can either team be favored by more than a field goal in this game? Makes no sense to me. I mean, you're talking, I mean, the Niners, you know, they, they, they've been beat up in preseason. They lost their top running back. They brought it in free agency. Breda is more hurt. He has multiple injuries. He's not 100%. Uh, you know, you've got a quarterback that is unproven in this league. In Arizona, I understand that Josh Rosen is a rookie, but he's gotten, you know, some starts underneath. He's been underneath the gun in some good games. Um, you're giving me four here. I'm taking it. Yeah, no, as far as uh, Dallas, this is uh... – just a completely flawed offensive team last Absolutely week. Absolutely terrible on the road. Last week, the success for, for for Dallas was due to the fact that Detroit can't stop the run, and that's what Dallas is great at, which is why um, I leaned Dallas in that game and was on the over. Um, you know, Houston, big momentum carryover spot, coming off the big win against Indy. A gift. Um, yeah, gift win. You know, probably should have ended up on a tie. Take but, them when you, you know, can get them. You, you got to understand, you know, aggressive aggressiveness usually prevails, so I, I get it from Reich. But so um, Houston – um, prime time game, 
you know, ultimately, I think the one thing you got to be scared about with Houston a little bit is that offensive line against that Dallas pass rush. But if Watson can, uh, you know, continue to do what he does, which is just be can Dallas score enough? Yeah, no. Um, even if the the Dallas defense controls the game. Um, you know, we've already seen this Dallas team in primetime against the Giants, and it was an ugly one, 2013. Wouldn't be surprised if this game was pretty similar. Uh, I could see Dallas getting a, a garbage touchdown late to make it a seven-point game. But uh, ultimately, you know, from a – I mean, when you look at DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller versus the weapons that Dallas is putting out there, this is a complete mismatch. Um, you know, this Houston defense still has Jadavion Clowney, J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless Watkins on that D-line. Watkins starting to play a little better now. And, you know, this is another situation where you got to look at can the one team expose the other team's flaw? Well, Houston's flaw is their pass defense. Well, Dallas can't expose it. so They don't have anybody to throw the ball to. No. Dallas? No, Des yeah. Bryant's working out. He's actually publicly come out right now and said he wants to come back. Yeah, I saw that this morning. So we're They on need the, him. So we're on the same page with Houston. They're both on our card. Arizona, San Fran completely agree that that, yeah. that line's inflated. I, I think by game day that one's three. Um, you know, Josh Rosen for C.J. Beathard from a prospect standpoint is a complete mismatch. You're getting the better prospect, and you're getting more than a field goal. Um, more you know, proven defense. I think this me. game, ultimately, if Arizona comes through, it's going to be about the culture. Does Steve Wilkes really get this team to buy in and say, hey, you know, we're 0-4, let's go get a win? Um, do expect Arizona to be the more hungry group. A little little angle here with San Francisco is – you know, this team's going to be a real contender in 2019. I think this team just wants to hit the fast forward button. you got a quarterback button. that just cannot yeah. stay healthy, though. No, you're going to get a top-five pick. you got Jimmy G coming back. you got tons of, tons of money to spend in free agency. San Fran's going to be interesting next year, but I just think this team, um, you know, after a high-energy effort against the Chargers, I don't see them getting, getting up again. getting more than a field goal in this game. Yeah, no. The Arizona's absolutely um, the right side, especially at four. If you like them, that one needs to get in early. Yeah, I like that. And then just to touch on this last game real quick before we wrap this up, um, the New York Giants against Carolina. Carolina coming off their bye week. Could see them coming out a little flat after a big win. Um, we're very fortunate against Cincinnati plus four in the turnover differential. Giants, a team that no one's going to want to touch with a 10-foot pull. Um, Carolina's weakness is their pass defense. The Giants do have the weapons to exploit that. This just comes down to, does Eli Manning wake the fuck does up? Ingram back because no? Ingram's still out, which Carolina's – they're glaring. Shepard had ten catches last week. Yeah, no. Shepard and Beckham should should be able to do some things, but you know, Eli Manning's got to wake up because that what what he's put he's on. He's playing at a really bad. He, he, he's he's the second worst quarterback in the NFL right now, um, behind my boy baby Bobby Blake Bortles. But um, you know, if he's Eli giving Josh Allen a lot of credit, huh? That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so you like the seven? I, I'm not going to harp on Allen too hard just because he's in an unwinnable situation, so it's really hard to, to pin. Like, I mean, Eli Manning's situation is – quarterback, you dream to throw the ball to the guys he's thrown to. And, hmm. you know, now, you know, Giants have been a little bit more comfortable on the road. Their only win was on the road. But to me, this this key is the, is the numbers. I'm getting a full seven. I think this game comes down to the wire. And uh, you know the Giants. You could always get a this, this, cover you know you too. get you get the hungrier team who needs this game more, and you're getting seven. Um, and it's a team who I think will get the benefit of more calls with the public favoring Carolina in this spot. Um, I'll take seven with the Giants. They'll most likely creep onto my card as the fifth one. But um, yeah, I think that about does it. Nice man. Uh, yeah. So we'll be back with a, a recap, and uh, hopefully we do some good numbers on our plays. Um, this is going into what. Yeah, so week five, just to recap, um, the stone top three plays for me are the Chiefs, the Steelers, and the Jets. Um, Texans are pretty much locked in as the fourth, and then we got a couple teams that are, are wiggling around the fifth one, um, either going to come down to the Giants or the Cardinals. Um, and then uh, who are you looking at? Yeah, I'm definitely looking at Baltimore for sure is going to be on my card. Houston definitely is going to be on my card. Arizona definitely is going to be on my card. And then as of right now, I'm very bullish and I'm probably going to be taking Detroit on my card. And because of the spot uh, with Denver coming off the Monday night game, the Jets are probably also going to be on my card. For me, I'm going to go for a little bit of a homer thing right here. I'm going to uh, rock with Detroit. Uh, I want to see Detroit do some things. Uh, I agree with you on the Arizona thing. I, I feel like... Um, they got they got a little bit uh, of a more of a talented team 
to go into the game and a lot to prove. Everyone has a lot to prove, but still San Francisco, I don't think they have enough on the on the counter punch. And Jacksonville, it's just an entertainment game. Like I said, I just want to see Jacksonville beat up on the uh, the stud. You know what I'm saying? No hate, uh, but I just want to see a good game and hopefully make some some numbers, touch some numbers on that. I like it. Sweet. So shit. Let's uh. Hopefully we have a good weekend, good Thursday, and uh, shit. We'll probably be when when we're gonna touch back with these people, man. We gotta come back. Uh, Monday are we going to come back or we'll see you guys probably Tuesday morning Tuesday um, morning we'll, we'll, probably, we'll probably get together Monday night recap the week yeah we're trying and, to put uh, together the schedule right now so we could be in tune with you guys weekly yeah I like it man anything else you got to say man that's it for me scoops out lip service out OG flowers out uh, inaugural session this has uh, been a blessing and um, you know we'll be back and it was a pleasure to be here with you uh, shit let's run pure and may, may the officials be on our side alright Peace.